in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Everybody and welcome to another brand new episode of the Top Ten. I am John Roca, and I am Matt Nost. Uh, we are here to bring you a another week of fabulous movie discussion. Fabulous, and, uh, yeah. Today we are uh, covering a topic that we uh, covered once five years ago. So it's been a long yeah. time since we've uh, actually discussed this, uh, man. But there is a, a reason uh, for that. And John, I'm gonna let you take the floor because something calamitous happened to you well first the reason is also west side, west side story, story has come yeah. out uh, uh by the time you guys hear this um and i'm is it, it is one of my favorite films of the year getting a lot of publicity and buzz from the uh, reviewers fellow reviewers as well um but i um for the second time in two months or two and a half months i was involved in a car accident uh as recording this yesterday as we were recording this um, I was a sideswiped by a white pickup truck that decided to turn right, um, randomly at a lane. We were at the lane. What, what I've heard is called suicide lanes. It's one of those lanes where you can go straight or take a right. Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah. So, um, there's also a bike lane. So there's extra space in these lanes. So I pulled up, uh, here it's maybe two minutes from my house, pulled up behind a white truck, stopped. Looked to the right of the truck. It didn't have his turn turn signal on. It was move. It was uh, closer to the left uh, uh, of the lane there by the white line of the of the left of the of oh, sorry the white left line of the right lane. And so I thought, well, he's going straight. Uh, I'm going to take a right. So I put on my turn signal, moved around him, moved past him, and as just as I was about to get past him to see if there were any cars coming on the left, so I could take the right. He took off and uh, absolutely just scarred up the left side of my uh, car and pushed me into the curb, um, which was a little scary, to be honest with you, to be in the car. And I I was honking and screaming inside the car and uh, nothing stopped him. He finished the turn uh, (laughs) and then realized that he had hit a car, pulled over much to his credit. Then me, after banging the steering wheel like six times out of anger, pulled up behind him, got out of the car, uh, and he asked if I was okay twice. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I'm fine, just a little rattled. But, dude, you didn't have your turn signal on, you, yeah. and, and you took a right. Like, you, how am I supposed to know what you were doing here? I'm going around you because there's plenty of space to go around you. Yeah, you're indicating and, you're going straight. Yes, you're in because you're not. And he tried to claim that he had his turn signal on, which is a lie, and that his turn signal turned off as he was making the right. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Works. <laughs> yeah, that's not how a turn signal works in any way, shape, or form. You can turn the the wheel hard to the right and then have it whip back, and then the certain yeah, then it disengages. Off. Right, exactly. After you've completed the turn, right, but not while you're making the turn. No, and he did not have his right turn, his tail light signal on at all because I stopped to make sure he did. Because I've done that a million times in a million cities. Uh, with those lanes where you see if there's enough space for you to get past, you go around that person because they're going straight. 
Um, I think what it was is he's in a pickup truck and he did not check his mirrors or check where he was going and he just took off and yeah. um, uh, he probably was distracted or maybe on the phone or whatever. And so it, it, I was pretty rattled. Um, and now he's claiming that he did have his turn signal on. And yeah, let uh, the so, lawyers yeah, it's going to be a contentious out. battle, but it's yeah. frustrating because I've got to pay $500 deductible to get the car even remotely in the process of being fixed and get a rental and all of that. And then at some point state farm is going to you know take all the pictures I've sent and the videos I've sent in my statement and go and try to get the $500 back. But they said to me, since it's a lane that you can go straight or, or go right in, there's a possibility that we might have to share responsibility here. And I'm like, this is nonsense, man. I mean, he didn't have his turn signal on, you know? So, yeah. So it's just a and frustrating people, situation. People might ask what that has to do with today's topic. It's, we were banding about ideas. Yes. Spielberg was one of them. And then between that and this weekend's festivities and yes. just hecticness, we both were like, you know what? Let's just do the easy one. Yes, we've done it before. It's been five years or so. Right. Right. Uh, but we're just like, fuck it. I don't want to spend the time yeah. to, to sit here and think because we weren't coming up with anything better. That was yeah. the other frustrating part, which is usually isn't a problem for us. Well, that's true. Yeah. It usually isn't. Yeah. Once once accident came into the picture, just like, you know what, let's just do the let's <laughs> let's de-stress one aspect of your life and yeah. let's do something simple. Uh, because I know I would appreciate that if if roles yeah. were reversed. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just let's let's do something easy. Just go right down as IMDB. You already know you've seen them all. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's this is an easy one. Nothing you have to stress <laughs> about because you're going to have to deal with insurance companies and yeah. some assholes now changing his story. No, oh, God, uh, it's just crazy, you know. So, yeah, I've got to go out there and take pictures of cars that are both going straight and turning right next to each other in the same lane to prove that there is space that two cars do, you know, the cars do that. So I'm going to wait till a little bit later on when there's more traffic going on and I'm going to walk out there or drive up there and just start taking pictures while I'm standing there the whole time. So that's annoying, but you got to do it so that, you know, they, they kind of understand yeah. what you're trying to say. So, yeah. Yeah. But whether or not that actually translates into anything. Yeah. Yeah. Who the hell knows? Right. Because right now I'm out 500 bucks uh, in a couple yeah. of days, you know, so which is really frustrating. Yeah. I got in an accident oh. uh, like five years ago mm. and I've been in two ever. Right. That were my fault. And right, right. the one previously, it was my fault. I was hydroplaning, but technically, you know, not even technically, it was my fault mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. it was my car. Right. And in this one, it was a weird gray area, but by letter of the law, the fault was mine. Oh, man. Yeah, just like, what are you going to do? And and I wasn't going to fight him and be like, I understand what you're saying. And right. it's an uphill battle to to say that it isn't the case, but yeah, it doesn't matter. Ultimately, it's letter of the law is I'm at fault. Right. What are you going to do? But taking the pictures and all that, I had to do that for that one. And it just, right. it, you got to do it, but it served no real purpose for me yeah. at least. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I got a fucking parking ticket once that I took pictures. This is the only time I thought taking pictures would actually help because they <laughs> spray painted the curb while my car was sitting there and suddenly it became oh, red. No way. Yeah. So the reason I know that is because it was, was it red before there were leaves uh, in the gutter and whatnot. So some of the yeah. leaves were red, but I, there was one that had been spray painted down onto the curb and I pulled it off and the curb was gray underneath. <laughs> 
So I took pictures and it was like, how can you give me a ticket for something that did not exist until I was parked there? Here's my car. Here are pictures of the leaves being spray painted. Here's yeah. me pulling off. Like I took 50 pictures and I sent it in. And the response I got was the curb is red. And I'm like, you. <laughs> so when they told me to take pictures for the accident, yeah. I was like, this, is a, this isn't going to do anything. I've done the pictures thing once before. It was pointless. But yeah, that one. They painted the curb while I was parked there. That's insane. That's yeah. insane. I mean, maybe it was red before, but it wasn't when I parked there and it wasn't underneath that leaf, but perhaps years ago it was. I don't fucking know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That happens because the red kind of uh, by weather or erosion yeah. or whatever. But you can tell. But you can tell, yes. You're you right. can tell. You can it's absolutely. a light red, but you can yeah. still fucking it's got a tell. Hue. It's got yeah. a hue. It's got a hue. It doesn't look like concrete. Exactly. <laughs> And the fact that this one leaf had been spray painted over, you pull the leaf off and underneath it was still fucking gray. Yeah. Oh, you guys are assholes. <laughs> but oh uh, yeah. So yeah, so we're gonna jump into the top ten Steven Spielberg movies. Um, and I uh you know, I got a chance to see West Side Story. I, I all I can tell you, because I, I did do a review for it on my channel by the time people see this. Uh, all I can tell you is that I was wrong about doubting um, him making a remake. It's a phenomenal movie. It's a fantastic remake. And I was, no one was more surprised than me sitting in the theater and finding myself really enjoying the movie. So that's what I'll say overall. So I, I it, it felt like he's gone back to like the hungry Spielberg and uh, you could feel it all over that movie. So I hope we enter this kind of interesting new stage in Spielberg's career where he kind of takes a little more chances and maybe dials back into that hungry young kid who was uh, making some incredible movies back then. And we get some final movies from him before he passes on. That'll, that'll augment his legacy even more, you know? Uh, yeah, per perhaps. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I agree. It's, it's, it's definitely worth the watch. Yeah. Yeah. So you should go check it out in theaters if you have any kind of interest or if you're a Spielberg completist, <laughs> should, should go see it. Yeah. It's not hard, though. You've already, already seen most of Spielberg's, you know? Yeah, that's true. It's so just like it's another notch on a belt that's full of notches. Mm -hmm. So how much of a difference, you know, just do yourself a favor. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, all right, so um, should we get into it or do you want to talk about anything else? Anything else going on in your life? Uh, what's going on with you? <laughs> That's an open-ended, broad question, huh? How are things? What's well, up? We, we've been focusing on me too much. Let's. Uh, what do you got? Going you got on? into an accident. Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty huge. I remember uh, it was like four or five months ago. I don't yeah. know if you've ever been over where there's a a roundabout um, next to the five where the five meets the one ten, but on the surface streets there's a roundabout just underneath that Ooh. interchange. There's a Home Depot okay. over there. Okay. And if you've ever been in that area anyway. Yeah. So I was on the roundabout. It was like three, four months ago. And this had to be an abuela had to be <laughs> pulls out and pulls out right in front of me. And I'm oh. going around the thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the best part is she's looking at me petrified the whole time. Like yeah. almost, I realize I'm making a mistake and I can't stop myself. <laughs> and the look of terror on her face, you go from, Oh my God! What are you doing? You're such an idiot! Too. I felt bad for her. I was like, oh, of course, it's okay, yeah. it's okay. She's I slammed on the brakes. Yeah, she doesn't know. Yeah, she doesn't know. And right. just like, just get to your destination safe, ma'am. Yeah, it's fine. Because one it's day fine. that's gonna be us. 
One day that's yeah. going to be us, you know. But you just the look of terror on her face of what am I doing? Oh my god, this is stupid. <laughs> just like I, if I wasn't paying attention as well, I easily could have uh... just t-boned you. <laughs> Yeah, she wasn't even close, but I just wow. remember I distinctly the look on her face, just pure fright and terror. <laughs> just utter terror. Yeah, sadly, at her age, I you know, it easily could have taken like three days or four days off her life. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I felt so bad, but yeah. I'm assuming she's an abuela. She looked yeah. like an abuela. Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but anyway. Oh, if I can recommend to some, I know we're on our own podcast, but I got to recommend to anybody... If you haven't listened to Kenneth Branagh on Mark Marin, I got to tell you, do yourselves a favor and listen to that episode. It was, uh, I haven't listened to Mark Marin much over the last few months. I've been just kind of busy with so many things. Uh, but I got to just had a little bit of time to drive around and I thought I'd put it on. And what a great conversation he had with, with Kenneth Branagh. So if you're having, if you liked Belfast, if you like Branagh at all, um, or if you're a Shakespeare person at all, he gets into so many things. And look, he's a, he's a hard scrabble guy who came from like a poor background in in belfast so hearing him talk about his process as people are like oh he's a highfalutin shakespeare guy no man he's a he's a he's a nuts and bolts dude man so you know that isn't us projecting onto him that's what he's put out into the world for all we've ever known all i've ever known about kenneth brana is pinky out he is he to (laughs) me is the epitome of pinky out what how can you say that because he's a, everything is Shakespeare. He thinks basically he is the artist, artist, artist. He's always exuded this air of posh. Plus, he's an intelligent guy trying to prove his intelligence all the time. I'm not saying he's not intelligent, but he is to me the embodiment of English posh when it comes to actors. Really? Wow. Yes. Okay. So he may be from a hard scrabble background. Yeah. But I don't think that is us projecting onto him. That is what right. he has put out into the world for three and a half decades. All right, all right. I'll have to. I mean, have come to set on. that aside. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I, I understand what you're saying, and I kind of felt maybe a little bit of that was there, and I think that's what is so fascinating about the interview is that he kind of debunks that or spends some of that time with Marin debunking it because Marin said the same thing, like you. You gave off this air like you were this blah, 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 blah. But to find out that, you know, you're a guy from a poor neighborhood who had to fight and claw and scratch and uh, to get to where you you were in, Sha- in the world of Shakespeare and the world of English theater. And Brana talks more about that. So I just thought it was a fascinating interview. So I want to recommend it to anybody who wants to listen to it. And the Bill Pullman wow. interview was great as well. So, And Marin needs the help. You know? <laughs> so good for you. Getting out there. It's, I'm thinking. Times have been tough for him, so let's plug. Let's plug. Do you want to plug I'm Bill Simmons? <laughs> guys, no, if you haven't heard I'll of this guy. I'll plug the low post. I'll plug the low post. Plug I know low you post will, too. Amazing numbers anyway. It's like us plugging the, some of the biggest. Bill Burr's Monday morning. Um, <laughs> what else you got? Have you heard of this Rogan experience? This guy's got some interesting theories. What else you- oh, the Rogan experience. Oh uh, Lord. <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, let's get into the list then. Let's hit enough of the kibitz. My my wizards are in second place. I can't believe it. We're still doing it. I watched the uh, Wolves game last night. That Suns game was great, Matt. Holy crap. Uh, Friday the, the rubber match comes oof. again. Until the Warriors fell apart at the end. That game was fantastic, man. 
And technically, you're tied for second place. What the? With just so oh. you know, with the Bucks, yeah, with the Bucks oh, and the Bulls. The Bulls are down there somewhere. That's right. Oh, down there, we have the exact same record. Well, and if you look at our strength of schedule versus yours, you've had a slightly easier schedule thus far. So, congratulations. <laughs> oh, according to what I have here in front of me, the Wizards are ranked high. What is this? Books. Buck John Roca Wizards.com. No, what do you where are you looking at this? No, look at this one says well, our team is the most handsome. <laughs> <laughs> I think because we have a better home record. Um I would imagine you, uh, any kind yeah. of head-to-head or divisional. Yeah, or division, we're nine and six. You guys are eight and five in divisional. So I don't know. Well, but uh, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. It's it'll all even itself out in the wash. Who cares? It's true. The Bucks are on an eight-game run, man. That's scary as hell, dude. Jesus oh, yeah. Christ. Yep. And they're not even at full strength. <sighs> yeah. The Suns, Jesus. The Suns. Now, I thought the Suns were going to take a step back this year, possibly. They look like they want to go and win that whole fucking thing, man. Jesus. All right. Anyway, so we're going to get into uh, Steven Spielberg uh, countdown. Um, you know what? Fuck it. I'll go first this time. The way it starts is that uh, Matt and I select a topic. We go off on our own. Mm-hmm. Uh, we kind of create our lists, then come back here without telling each other our lists. And we count down uh, the first three, the 10, 9, and 8. Uh, I, I'll, I'll go first this time. Then Matt does a 10, 9, 8. Then I do my seven and six. He does his seven and six. Then we take a little bit of a break. And then we go one by one through the top fives. And then at the end, we combine our lists over flipped coins and angry diatribes and occasional gentlemanly behavior to come up with the overall top 10 list here from the top 10 show. So, uh, Matt, if you don't mind, I'll just go ahead and start on my list. Let's mess around with the order. Jump right in. Minority report at number 10. Does that make your list? I mean, of course they made my list. Okay. It is not a punt. I have it at number eight. Number eight. Yeah, Minority Report. This is Steven Spielberg doing some sci-fi stuff here with Colin Farrell and Tom Cruise and Samantha Morton and Max von Sydow. Uh, and apparently Tim Blake Nelson and uh, Peter Stormari. Yeah. Um, and two very uh, small roles, but excellent yeah. roles. But a fascinating story. He He rarely goes into hardcore sci-fi, right? He'll do E.T. or stuff like that. But hardcore yet. sci-fi, he rarely does. Uh, AI taking over for mm. War of the Worlds. I think War of the Worlds is kind of connective to Minority Report. AI is like, I don't know. AI seems like something else completely. But yeah, I know there's sci-fi elements to it. But it's about a, it's Pinocchio story, man. So eh. um, yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah. What's your thoughts on Minority Report, man? Well, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Right. It's been a bit. When Minority Report came out, it had been a bit. So. Um, yeah, it's interesting the amount of future tech that I, I remember seeing like behind the scenes and vignettes and whatnot of mm. Spielberg sitting down with various people, you know, futurists yeah. saying, here's where we think the world is going to end up if current trajectories and trends continue. Yeah. And the, the targeting ad where it scans your iris and then suddenly you're getting specific ads to you. I th- yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's a very real possibility. Self-driving cars, yeah, yeah, we're not too far from that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it's all the little things on the periphery, on top of this really good story. But I think that helps on the rewatch. Is it makes it feel even realer. Now you're talking yeah. about the precogs, precognition. So there is that kind of, uh, I guess you would say, fantasy element to it yeah. because I I don't know of anybody that has precognition. <laughs> um. 
It's like a, I guess it's hypothetically possible. Anything is hypothetically possible. Yeah. Is it Dion, real? No, I've never seen it. No. Dion Warwick. She's got that psychiatry Could, network. Yeah, but you got to pay network. for that. This shit was free. You know what I mean? These people. That's were, true. That's true. Plus, was Dion in a bath of milk? Just looking up at the ceiling. And then, I'll be honest with you. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what she was. But in. she wasn't actually doing it, wasn't she? Was know, just I the know. face of. <laughs> I mean, basically, it was like the George Foreman grill for psychics. <laughs> you know, Shaq has his competing version of that grill of the of the George Foreman. George grill? Foreman, yeah. Oh, yeah. Shaq does everything, man. He does everything. Well, in reality, they slap his name on everything. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah, but he'll chill for anything. Yeah, yeah I guess general. We'll do the printer ink fluid, which is like, what? Why are you doing printer ink stuff? So the icy hot. Oh, yeah. The icy things. Hot. That's right. <laughs> I do love the story about his shoes and why they're in so cheap. It's because like a mom came up to him afterwards and like, I can't afford your $150 sneakers for my kid. Oh, wow. So he decided to partner with a cheaper shoe brand. And that way he could get potentially stylish shoes that kids would like. Yeah, at the cheapest price point, so they didn't have to feel ostracized for not wearing Jordans. They and you could, could wear, wear and you could sell more. Yeah, I get. Yeah, you, you could hypothetically. Right? Yeah, um, yeah, makes sense. It's kind of smart. You know, Jordan been like, oh well. Exactly. How many of those kids are Republicans? <laughs> <laughs> it's unfortunate, but uh, it's potentially the case. Anyway, neither here nor there. <laughs> Uh, uh, <laughs> and the yeah. film still holds up, dude. I think it's what it really does. I wish him Fine. and Cruz would collab more. Oh yeah, dude, you're absolutely right. There's a crap ton of directors he's collaborated with that you wish he'd go back and do it and collaborate with them again yeah. for sure. I mean, yeah, this plus War of the Worlds. Um, yeah, right. That's right. But That's this right. was such an interesting kind of nice hodgepodge. Plus, the other thing I love about it is <sighs> the cinematography choice of that like haziness. Yeah. Which yeah. fits into the vibe of the precognition. It's a hazy, we're like fairly certain this is going to happen. Right. But it's not a stark contrast of black and white. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and they only show the black and white when they show previous or the precogs uh, mm -hmm. versions. But those mm -hmm. are gray. Actually, they aren't black and white. They're gray. Right. Which is what their reality is. This is what could be and most likely will be. But it's not, you know, certain. Yeah. Well, Janusz Kaminski does the cinematography, and he's so good at um, doing that. And he he did the cinematography for West Side Story. It's incredible. So no surprise, you know, that he's able to find that kind of interesting look to the film. Because when he works with mm -hmm. Kaminsky, Kaminsky finds an interesting hue to a film overall, and certainly that's there throughout. And the, and the twist and the 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 works you know the surprise twist at the end totally works and max von Cito is a great villain for god's sakes yeah and, uh, samantha morton uh one of those actresses that pops up every once in a while and stuff she she works consistently but more across the pond and in smaller independent films but a great actress so you know she got a push here for a couple of years she did you're right she did she did. there was that what uh was it in america yes there in was america. the oscar buzz one yeah, the Irish one. That's right. Uh -huh. yeah, yeah. She had a couple of words. She's like, all right, she's, you know, a new fresh face, I guess, is the way you would kind of potentially say it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Blew up for a, a few years here. And then uh, I, I guess, you know, who knows, worked on other projects or. She was on The Walking Dead. 
um what seasons uh it to the 2019 2020 season so okay not this year but last year um tail end of last year so you still watching that no no but just kind of looking at her filmography here wondering where i would have seen her last yeah fantastic beasts yeah she had a small part in fantastic beasts i remember that but yeah i don't recognize any of these other films maybe Cos- cosmopolis which i think was the pattinson film and then the messenger. Oh, and then John Carter. Right, she was in John Carter. So yeah. But you're right. Yeah, in America, that was 2002. That was Minority Report. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So right around the same age. And then she was in that Elizabeth uh, sequel later on. Oh, yeah. Golden Age. Yeah, Golden Age. Yeah, she plays Mary Stewart. Isn't that isn't that Bloody Mary or Queen of Scots? Is that Mary Queen of Scots? I always forget who Mary Stewart is. That I don't know. You're the historian. Yeah, but I also history encompasses all of human time. So it's not <laughs> like you can fucking know everything about everything. So I think no, you're trying to get out of this a little bit. It's, right. it's not. How dare you? How dare you? You want to ask me about Roman or Greek I mean, or Macedonian I, or I Babylonian? Say, I can't say I don't know Lincoln, and then and then and you go what? You don't know Lincoln? I go well, there, it's. Time is so huge, it's hard for me to know everybody. I, can't, I mean, I just... Well, what do you mean you don't know Lincoln? When did you say you don't know Lincoln? No, I'm saying Mary Queen of Scots, I think, is a very well-known name in the no, world. No, see, it this, is a well-known name. Okay. I don't know if that's what that character is. Yeah, that's what she is. Yeah, that's what she is. Because I only know Mary Queen of Scots. I literally, unless I read it in context, I would not know her last name. Yeah. I yeah. just know the title of Mary Queen of Scots. Right. So... There you go. That's. I'm sorry, that's the best... <laughs> The best I can do. Uh, oh, good stuff. Right, I, well, look, yeah. I know a little bit the Battle of Hastings, 1066. Ooh. I know some of that stuff. Yeah, the Normans. Uh, some of the War of the Roses stuff. Right on, right on. But uh, English uh, history uh, has never never really intrigued me as much as like ancient right, Roman, Greek, Babylonian, Macedonian, Egyptian those I find more interesting. That's enough. Now who's being the highfalutin Kenneth Branagh of this podcast? Jesus. What, that, that I like Egyptian history? Mm. Mm. Uh, I don't know, Mary Queen of Scots. But let me tell you about Ramesses II. <laughs> Ramesses. Coming up with the History Channel. Ramesses II. Um, was he an alien? I don't know. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, all right, my number nine, and I know people are going to get mad at me for this, but it's my number nine, Jurassic Park. It's just, uh, it's a punt. Yeah, all right, fine. And then my number eight um, is Catch Me If You Can. That is my number nine. Wow, all right, let's talk about it. Um, you know what I was thinking about when I was putting together this list when it gets to it comes to Catch Me If You Can? Yeah. Of all the random jobs that we saw DiCaprio's character get into, you know, yeah, he's yeah. a, a jump, the jump seat of a cockpit and yeah. pretended to be a doctor and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Which do you think he felt most confident bullshitting? And which do you think he was like, I hope no one asked me a single question? Oh, I think the pilot thing was the most confident bullshitting and the doctor thing was the single question. I hope no one asks me a single what question. Other, what other jobs did he have? Because those those two and then he mm. was a forger. Yes. Um Let's see. Catch me if you can, Jobs. That's what, yeah, I'm putting in. He was a doctor, lawyer, pilot. Those are the ones that he was um, overall. See, I got to think lawyer would be 
your honor. <laughs> just being loud in the mob objection. Just say that a bunch. And eventually you might get it on what grounds. This dude is an asshole. That's oh why I God. object. <laughs> I feel like you could bullshit your way. Whereas doctor, you screw up. Although he does do a lot of, do you concur? Like yeah, just asking concur, which I think is hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then what other, it was, it was it Abignail? What is his name? Yeah. Frank Abignail. Yeah. Okay. Like I wonder yeah. what other jobs I'm going to look it up. See, I'm looking at right now. The, the synopsis, he, he was he impersonated a doctor. Um, and he was a member of the, he was an airline pilot with Pan Am and he forges those payroll checks. Um, he becomes a lawyer and takes the bar exam after he convinces Martin Sheen, Amy Adams, dad to help him. Uh, get in there, and then, uh, yeah, Pan Am recruits eight stewardesses. Yeah, I guess that's pretty much it. Lawyer, pilot, and uh, doctor in the film. That's pretty much it. So there you go. No, but that scene when he shows up uh, to see his mom, like with her new family. Oh, dude, devastating, devastating scene through yeah, the window at Christmas and stuff searching for a new identity because he never really liked who he is. Yeah. 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 Uh, and the phone call with Tom Hanks is singularly wow. could be the best scene in the movie. Yeah. When Tom was like, you don't have anybody else, do you? They both don't have anybody else. They just right. have this chase between the two of them. But it's just like Tom realizing he's just as big a loser as he is. Yeah. In different ways. Yeah. 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 yeah they're the same type of loser. <laughs> um. But, yeah, and also the scene in the uh, in the airport where he's like, "Where are you going? Where are you yeah. running off to? There's there's nowhere for you to go. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, exactly. What a you, harsh reality for him to kind of have to come to terms with. You know, you can keep running, but that just means you're going to continue to run. At some point, you're either going to have to stop or die. Yeah, yeah. Those are your two options. Although I guess you could flee the country, but then you got to get out of the country. And what passport are you going to use? Although at that point, it'd been much easier to forge one. Oh, true, true. You just don't have the digital records, and it's much harder. I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, you know, pass off a fake passport, but what do I know? I don't know. Yeah. Got to be forgeries floating around. Where there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> I just don't know. Would you have to then put the corresponding files into a database somewhere so that way when they run the check, it comes up as the picture and name? Oh yeah, that's possible. That makes yeah. sense. But it's just like, wow, now the layers of this, whereas before, it's just like I could take a picture against a white backdrop. And then right. in movies, it's like them with a exacto knife. And they're like cutting out a real passports picture and then sliding in underneath the cellophane, the new one. And uh, yeah. whatever else, it's just like that, that shit isn't flying anymore with all the security tags and stuff on. Uh, yeah. And the watermarks. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, really fun. You know movie mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Uh, and to see it's kind of like a passing of the torch because when leo just started working with the yeah. best of the best right right so it's like hanks they, this is the type of individual i normally work with you're the next young up and coming here yeah. you go and now yeah. leo's continued to work with those types of individuals ever since then yeah it's true very true yeah um all right so what's your what's left on your uh back and what's your 10 so my 10 I had technically left blank. And then when you were like, all right, I'm going to go first. Uh, I had, I had trouble because there's a lot of deserving candidates. Mm. So I decided, you know what? I'm going to pick the newest because 
of the options. Okay. Because why not? Because we haven't talked about it. Yeah. Uh, which is Ready Player One. Mm. Um, Go ahead. I think on the list, the reason I'm mainly putting on is it's got a couple scenes that I find to be absolute magic. Yeah. When he, the main character, figures out that he needs to go backwards, go in reverse. Oh, yeah. And that, yeah. that secret track underneath when he's in the DeLorean, but he's going underneath. And yeah. the fact that Kong is above wreaking head, but keeps looking down and realizes that he's finally going to lose in yeah. this endeavor. But that entire scene to me is pure, unadulterated magic. Yeah. Uh, I love a good treasure hunt in a movie about treasure hunt. Spielberg does quite a few of those. Yeah, he does. Um, so I, that scene, I like the shining going back to that. Oh yeah. Right. That's right. And the recreation of it looks just like it. It is amazing. They went and recreated digitally. Just, it, it's a beautiful love letter mm-hmm. to that movie in the middle of a kid's film. Yeah. 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 Oh, uh, here's a you know horror film that you've never seen. Um, mm-hmm. So for those moments and uh, you know, uh, Mendelssohn, always a great asshole. Yes, Just absolutely. One of the best. Um, and a decent number of the pop culture references I thoroughly enjoyed, especially where they were like in the background periphery. Yeah. Um, you know, using the Iron Giant as a weapon doesn't really make sense considering it's the Iron Giant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but other aspects of it, I was like, oh, that's cool. Like in the background, oh, hey, there's, uh, there were certain moments where it's just like, boy, you were overstuffing. Yeah. It almost seems like a reference for a reference sake, whereas in the background <laughs> type of stuff that I'm, I'm in on. Yeah. But it had a number of scenes where I have gone back to rewatch that specific car uh, race scene mm. numerous times. I think that scene is pure magic for me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't disagree with you. There are some really great moments in that movie. Uh, and, I, yeah, I understand people feeling like, oh, it's just reference. I, I totally get that. But, you know, sometimes I just kind of enjoy a film and roll with it, whatever it's showing to me. And I enjoyed that with Ready Player One. I thought Ty Sheridan did a nice job as the lead in that film. And was it Olivia Cook who plays the other character uh, there who, who he kind of has starts to have a relationship with, so to speak, online and then in person and all that he discovers there. So, I, yeah, I like the film. It's very well shot. Um, yeah. And like I said, Mendelssohn, a great villain. Mark Rylance, an interesting kind of uh, background hero type person as the yeah. creator of the Oasis. So all of that really worked uh, well for me. And, and like I said, inventive sequences – the Shining stuff was brilliant. It's different in the book. The Shining stuff is not in the book, so they kind of did that for the film. It was Spielberg's homage to Kubrick, so it was great to see that be a part of it as well. So, yeah, there's a lot of inventiveness in the movie. I know some people kind of ding it, but ah, I thought it was great. And the final battle, well, yeah. all those different characters coming in from the different from the different uh, uh, franchises to battle each other, that was done way better than anything you saw in Space Jam, A New Legacy. So to me... I think it works to, yeah. works really well in here where it didn't really work that way. Well. And the, the rally and cry of, yeah. you know, basically if you like the Oasis as is, are you willing to die for it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. your character reset exactly. type of thing. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah, there are parts that personally it's like I, I will skip past. Yeah. And that's why I was hesitant to put it on the list. Um, but we never... I don't know that it's come up since the movie has come out. Or maybe it's come up once. Yeah, yeah. Um, so might as well throw it on. Talk yeah, about it. Why not? It's fun. Yeah. All right. What's your nine? Do we talk about your nine? Uh, yeah, we did my uh, my nine and my eight, which were okay. Catch Me right. Can and Minority Report. So what do you got at seven? <sighs> Saving Private Ryan. That's my seven. That's fine. It's a punt. 
Okay. All right. So it's six. Nice you served. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what? Listen With here, your, pal. Listen here, pal. <sighs> With your communist tendencies. Oh, is, my God. Uh, I, I feel as though, oh you know, Lord. that you wish that movie was focused on the Red Army. Go watch Stalingrad. What? What? A good movie, but, you know. There's, what? What is Stalingrad? I've never seen that movie. Oh, you've never seen Stalingrad? No. What is that? Stalingrad. Uh, it's, a, it's a movie about Stalingrad, though. No. <laughs> Stalingrad. Ask me about that. Don't ask me about Mary Queen of Scots. World War II, I know. A little on the nose. <laughs> Stalingrad, it's a little on the nose. Um, anyway, yeah. Uh, so then my number seven is uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. That's my oh, you mean your six? Oh, six. Sorry, my six. Sorry, my six. I feel like you did that intentionally. That's a punt. All right, I'm fine. What's your you, you did. Look at that face. That face, no, that was an intentional. I was really mm-hmm. surprised that it ended up where it ended up. Go ahead. Uh, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Seven for me is Schindler's List. Oh my God, that's a punt. Yeah, go ahead. That's, that's fine. I figured it might be. Uh, six is Jurassic Park. So the punt from you from earlier. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, let's. You want to talk about it? Let Let us talk about it. Okay. I, it's easily the best of the series. Sure, 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 sure. Undoubtedly. Not close. Undoubtedly. Um, it still holds up. I watched it uh, at some point over the past year and a half in quarantine. I watched it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has that type of magic. Like the, the CGI on the dinosaurs is still as good. Yeah. Today. I oh, mean, that yeah. is utterly amazing in the mix yeah. of like the real world T-Rex that they use when, as opposed to that sometimes they have to use the CGI. Right. Um, but the blend of the practical with the CGI in those moments and then the CGI, like the first time they see the brontosauruses or apatosauruses or whatever they are. Yeah. And uh, Laura Dern has to grab Sam Neill's head and like have him turn. Oh, yeah. Hey, <laughs> you're missing a dinosaur, asshole. Yeah. Um, it looks legitimately just as amazing. Or the the herd uh, of them running through and it's Sam Neill and the two kids. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's in- It's incredible that the amount of work that was put in then is just as good today. Actually, I have seen movies in the past five years that have shittier CGI. Oh yeah. Than that film with higher budgets. Yeah. With higher budgets. Yeah. Although I wonder if adjusted for inflation, it might be like roughly equivalent. <sighs> Maybe. Maybe. But it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. You see a film now and just like, man, the CGI on that is jarringly bad. Well, there's a reason they're bringing them all back for this latest episode uh, installment. Cause they're like, we can't capture the magic of the first one. We can't seem to capture the magic of the first one. So let's bring back the leads of the first one to have them be a part of this third uh, installment in the most recent trilogy um, in this Jurassic franchise. And yeah. they, yeah, every film can't quite capture it. They just can't. It, it doesn't have the same magic. There's a real honesty in uh, Laura Dern's performance and Sam Neill's performance. There are fun moments with uh, Samuel L. Jackson and Wayne Knight, um, you know, and the, the whole like uh, jello, there hasn't been a jello moment since um, mm-hmm. the lawyer getting eaten, the Raptors and the way they were fighting them off in the kitchen and whatever, there was great tension and fear. And, and I feel like the film is just, uh, I'm sorry, the franchise has just spent every single film trying to recapture that and being unable to. Um, and getting worse, in my opinion, as they go along installment per installment, I can defend two and three. Yeah. Uh, I can't defend Jurassic world or Jurassic world dominion. I think they're getting worse. And, uh, I wonder 
I, what this latest installment is going to be. I mean, they released the first five minutes of the latest installment, which was great because you saw the dinosaurs, but the dinosaurs weren't the issue with these movies. It's the story and the characters and some of the acting. Um, yeah, I forgot the last one was Jurassic World Dominion. That was yeah. the title. Oof. I hated it coming out yeah. of the theater. Oh, I yeah. hated it. It's terrible. It is beyond terrible. And then the yeah. one before that was... There were so many like, why is this character doing this? Why does right. why is she suddenly crying now when previously like she created this yeah. monster and whatever could give two shits, but now that it potentially could affect her nephews, she cares? Right. Right. Why does her assistant die when her assistant has done nothing and the assistant is killed? Yeah. Just like right. as a weird anti save the cat moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. It's it's been a dwindling returns mm-hmm. on each passing iteration yeah i hope they come to some semblance of the first one because it has you say the jello there's also the water in the cup like those little things yeah um was this the one where the raptor is frozen as they're scanning over and they think it's not a raptor and then you know what i mean it's like oh yeah yeah part of the visual background and all of a sudden like that's a great scare yeah that's it's fine for all ages but it's if they are that intelligent for them to freeze and assume we might scan right past them, like, oh, my God, that's really smart. <laughs> that's scary smart. Yeah. Yeah, there was a magic. And, and uh, you know, when they were showing them running across the fee- the the fields and the places like that, uh, it was cool, you know. And those are beautiful areas. I, I was lucky enough to go down for that uh, Jurassic uh, – not Jurassic um, – Jumanji press junket and it, they took us out to those areas and kind of showed us around those areas because they shot Jumanji on the same sets or the same locations rather that they shot the first Jurassic Park movie. So mm-hmm. it was awesome to see some of those mountains and gr- grassy fields and all of that. We got to get on ATVs and kind of ride out to where we saw that that sequence in the movie where they're being chased by those uh, kind of running ostrich type dinosaurs and they have to kind of hide under the broken tree or the stump of the or the uh you know the whole long uh, nature of the tree there to escape them it was great to be out there and see that so you know it, it, there was such such magic in the first one um but for me the reason it's lower on my list is i just i don't feel the desire to watch it a lot and i think that matters wow. to me when i'm looking at um the films you know so that's why i put it down lower okay. in my opinion that's yeah. yeah that's why schindler's list is lower it's like it's an excellent movie oh that's fair. But I'll watch the others before I get to Schindler, even though Schindler's is amazing. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Was that your six or your seven? That was my number six. Okay. All right. Well, Matt, why don't we take a quick break here, hear from our sponsors, and then when we will come back. We'll jump into our top fives of uh, the Steven Spielberg movies. We'll be right back after this. Okay. We're back. Uh, we're jumping into our top fives. I guess I go first uh, this time around. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. That's my number five. All you go for it. Oh my gosh, not even on your list. Not even on my list. Wow, wow. Yeah, really great movie that I got to fall back in love with doing it for the cinephiles. I hadn't watched it in years. I mean, years I hadn't watched it. And then breaking breaking it down scene by scene, jumping into some of the character motivations, some hearing some of the background information on what was involved with this making this movie made me kind of reappreciate. The performance we get from Richard Dreyfus, the singular, the singular mindedness of him, mm-hmm. uh, and you can argue if he's a good dad or a shitty dad or not for succumbing to this desire. But then you realize there's something real deep uh, and primal working here that is motivating him to think that he's, to, to do the things that he's doing. 
some of the topical stuff with the government is really interesting to look at now. It's still going on in 2021. Terry okay. Gar is, is kind of an interesting part of this as well. And then, um, oh God, what's the actress's name who plays her, his friend that she, who has the child who's taken that whole sequence when the child is taken is really incredible to watch. And then of course that ending with the doo, 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 so brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, for me, it's just one of my favorites, man. Yeah. I haven't seen it in so long. I can't give you an honest opinion of it. Wow. Okay. I saw it when I was a kid. Uh, I've gone back to watch the ending. Sure, sure, sure. It's a great ending. Uh, it is. Uh, but the movie as a whole, I have not sat down to watch it, I think, since the early 80s. Mm. So. Okay. Couldn't give you my honest assessment of it. I remember enjoying it. <laughs> but all these others, I happily will go. I have rewatched or will yeah. rewatch. And Close Encounters is just, uh, you know, when, when someone's filmography is like this, unless I'm very specifically in the mood for that movie, sometimes I'm just like, ah, I feel like watching a Spielberg and I'll just pick yeah. a Spielberg. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Close Encounters. I'm glad okay. to make your list. All right. Fair enough. We never really get to talk about it. So we don't. We don't. Uh, all right. What's your five? Uh, my five is Lincoln. Have at it. Yeah. A much superior movie that. Uh, <laughs> You know, it's it's about one of the indelible historical figures. Who's that? Who's Lincoln? I, Who? There's a wide array of time, man. I can't be a factor. Really? Well, he's, to know all these people's names. He's Abraham, King of Patriots. Do you know him at this point? Oh, King of Patriots? <laughs> no, doesn't ring a bell. King of doesn't Patriots ring a bell? does not ring a bell. Uh, the stovepipe madman? You know, oh, that was, oh, that was his wrestling uh, name. You know, he was a professional. I guess would you call him a professional wrestler? I could see that. I could see Lincoln. But he, in his younger days, he he wrestled four score and seven years ago. I'm gonna whoop that ass. That's was- right. Um, top turnbuckle Abe is what they called him. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Oof. it's it's one of those of how do you bring to life. Somebody here in the States is kind of a larger than life figure. Yeah. Um, I don't know a single person that if they give any kind of, you know, if they give two shits about the presidency or whatnot, yeah. don't consider Lincoln to be an inspirational figure. Yeah, true. True. Um, anytime, if you, if you care at all and they ask who's your favorite president, I think there's a, what would you say? Like a 75% chance people's yeah. default answer is going to be Abraham Lincoln. It's going to be Lincoln. Or Washington, or Washington. Teddy Roosevelt, or FDR. Yeah, FDR, or potentially Reagan. Yeah, for another generation. A lot of people like Reagan, Clinton, uh-huh. Kennedy. Those Kennedy for sure. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. I don't know about Clinton. Oh no, there's a lot. If there's a dude, and I have to say this: Trump. I'm sure there are pl- plenty of people. Oh, yes. in the country who think he's there. Who's he's but their favorite president? There's been enough time to where. Yeah. Like the. The Washingtons, the yeah, going back for those, you'd be like, yeah, we have enough information on them. So now, anyway, yeah. um, whereas the Clintons, the Trumps, and whatnot, they they're still around. Yeah, so it's hard to make a full assessment. Um, I mean, I think you and I have made our assessments, we but whatever. Have, as well, we have, yeah, yeah, whatever. Uh, but to watch daniel day lewis bring to life a guy that i've read biographies on mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. read books about you know the tumultuous times in which he lived the civil war yeah um 
Shit, I've read ta- books on tactics used in the Civil War. It's how many fucking books on the Civil War that I've read. Yeah. Um, but to see him bring him to life, to me now, it's one of those of, it's done. Yeah. Exactly. We don't need to do this again. I could watch him. Oh, who, oh God, who plays his secretary of defense? Where he's like, I can't take it. Another story. And I remember in the David theater Str- going, is it David Strathern? I don't remember. No, it's not Strathern. Strathern okay. play. Oh, Strathern might be his. Uh, no, no, it's a heavy set guy. Oh God, working religiously for forty years. Okay. Um, Strathern does play his. I think plays his secretary of state. Okay. This guy is his secretary of defense. It's not Kevin Dunn. Don't, is it no. Bruce McGill? The guy Bruce who plays. McGill. Yeah. Oh. Okay. 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 Thank you. Uh, and he gets flustered because they're waiting for the bombing reports. Right. Um, and he's like, I can't take it. Another one of these stinking stories. <laughs> like, just just come find me when we get the reports in. And I remember being in the theater going, oh, man, I could watch, listen to him tell stories all night long. <laughs> like, I want a uh, Hal Holbrook, Val Kilmer, like Mark Twain one-man show of Daniel Day-Lewis just doing Lincoln all night long. Oh, my God. I would easily watch two hours of that. Easily. <laughs> um, and the movie as a whole, I love that it's, they just took a snippet of time. Yeah. Because there's no way that you could ever do justice to a life that large. Yeah. So just do a sliver of this year, this 18 months-ish, I'm, and focusing on this one issue as opposed to the myriad of issues that are, he's, you know, getting hit with at all times. Right, 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 right. So anyway, I love Lincoln. I love lamp. I I love lamp and I love Lincoln. (laughs) I will say this. I I do like uh, the Lincoln movie. Uh, I I got no um, issues with that. Um, I like his performance, but I don't think it's the best Spielberg. I don't like that ending. Um, I think he belabors the point. I don't buy Joseph Gordon-Levitt in that movie, and he's a good actor. I just have no interest in him in that movie. I'll give you that. The Gordon-Levitt right. and Sally Fields. Oh, God, Sally Field. She's so just, over the top. Yeah, it's just a little too much for me, to be honest with you. Um, it does it does just work for me, you know? So, um, but Daniel Day-Lewis's performance is undeniable. Absolutely unfucking deniable um and he's so good at i mean that opening scene when he's having the conversation with the um the two black soldiers and the other yeah. soldiers about what they I mean, it's just inc- and that's i think that's um mm, uh that's sh- david yellow yeah he played martin Luther king yeah i was gonna say he was, uh, he was in uh, uh gringo or get the gringo or whatever yeah that, get the gringo yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh Yes, it is in a small yeah. part. He's the one that recites back uh, the Gettysburg Address to him. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, well, the other yeah. two soldiers, the two white soldiers that are initially talking to him, one of them is uh, oh, the dude that was in uh, Chronicle. Oh yeah, Dane DeHaan. Dane DeHaan. Yeah, um, I remember that Dane Dane DeHaan. That's right. No. Whew. Yeah. So, but but yeah, great performance. Just the film overall doesn't have this, the effect that I want it to have. Plus, <laughs> you know, Lee Pace seems completely miscast in the role that he's playing. And- you mean fantastic in the role he's playing? 
I think all the, I love all really? the senators and congressmen choices, the congressional choices. Yeah, I think What's it's James Spader doing in a film about Lincoln. It just I don't so good. I don't is the guy the fixer guy, him and Tim yeah. Blake Nelson? Uh, oh, I love it. I don't know. He Doesn't brings a nice little bit of humor in the midst of this very serious subject. Ridiculous, man. All right, but I I know I get it. Yeah. Fantastic. All right, once again. So if this was about Stalin or something, you'd you'd, you'd, (laughs) as he took over power (laughs) from the Trotskys. The Trotskys. Tonight on the Trotskys. (laughs) What do you got it for then? Stalin again. Uh, My number four is a bit of a cheat, my man, because I saw it. West Side Story. Yeah, it's in the top five. Uh, It's that fucking good. Yeah, it's see, it's so good that I actually made it a one A, and I'm just saying, <laughs> is a punt for you? Is that what you're saying? I didn't want to put it on my list because the general public hasn't seen it yet. That's true. That's fair. And I wanted to be fair to the people. Well, I put it on my list, so we'll leave it at that. I already said what I had to say about it. What's your four? Uh, my number four is Saving Private Ryan. Oh, so the punt. All right, let's go. Go ahead, man. Um, I mean top five worthy film what did you have it at 12 <laughs> it's seven i think 13 Six. seven 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 um how dare you i don't how dare you I, you know it's i just, it just doesn't make sense it's, it's such a quality film from point a to point b mm, okay it's so good but the 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 means what it means to sacrifice from all kinds of different vantage points. Yeah. What yeah, the yeah. point of all this is why, why we fight. Yeah. From yeah. numerous perspectives. And some of it is just the meat and potatoes of I fight because I have to, and others are idealistic uh, or I fight for the man next to me in the foxhole, whatever the case is. Uh, and the journey of these individuals as they yeah. coalesce into a band of brothers and they go into this foobar situation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we are up them in this instance. Yeah. Slowly oh, being right. integrated into the world, <laughs> not understanding. And then by the end, wanting to plunge the knife into that Nazi's heart that you yeah. wanted to be human and let him go. We don't need to kill him. You did. You did. Yeah. yeah. Betty Boop. <laughs> Fuck Hitler. Uh, Ugh, can you imagine so that someone telling you to dig your own grave? It was done all the time. I mean, they have that sequence in The Irishman where they de-age De Niro. He still looks like he's a 50-year-old guy serving in the military who makes the Germans dig their own graves and then shoots them. And apparently that was a thing. That was a thing. They thought, well, if I dug my dig my grave well enough, they won't kill me, which is weird. Just weird. Like, fuck you. Kill me. You dig the grave. You're going to kill me anyway. Fuck off. That's what I would say. Yeah, I don't. But, you know. I just want to say about Private Ryan, I, to, as I've said a million times, once you get past that opening thing, it just kind of the law the of magic increases. Returns. Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't. It gets it gets kind of maudlin and like, oh, amazing. Ed, what's Edward Burns bitching about now? Um, and then it becomes there's still there are great moments. I mean, the Rabisi moment is incredible. Tom Hanks cough crying. Um, the. Uh, conversation with uh when just before the final battle when they're all just kind of listening to edith piaf and having their conversations about stuff yeah. from home and, and this and then um t- when tom talks about being oh, an english it. teacher great great moments when matt damon brings it up and you can see the look on tom's face of this is why i didn't fucking tell people yep that i was a teacher yeah 
it's a nice little nod within the script of it's just good storytelling. It's good writing and it's good. Yeah. Everything man across the board. Yeah. I just wish it was filled with just a little bit more of, I don't know if you can pack more magic when it's just pure magic. See, you know, the adage of I'm going to give 110%, ultimately, you can only do 100 I think it's so funny to me that you think it's so magical, yet it's not even your number one. It's well, incredible. It's it, incredible to me. Look, magic comes in many forms. Oh, that's for sure. So, to say I like the these other magical spells work a little bit better on me. That's oh, all I'm saying. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, but yeah, I mean, great performances throughout. I mean, I think Vin, this is one of Vin Diesel's best performances as an actor. Really enjoy Barry Pepper. What a great like kind of announcement to your career to play a role like that in in Private Ryan. Rabisi's so good. Um, Burns irritates the piss out of me. Adam Goldberg is fine. I like Adam Goldberg. Sizemore before all his career went off the rails. Um, mm-hmm. Having some nice moments with uh, with Hank, some quiet moments that are really believable as well. But like when they get to Damon, that's where the film kind of falls apart for me. I just, I don't feel it. I don't feel it. I, I, I end up agreeing with Edward Burns. There was no reason for them to lose so many people to try to save one dude just to help the army save face it was ridiculous. So, to, and yeah, I just, uh, it just doesn't work for me. Can't man. you understand all perspectives in this? I can understand. Oh, I can understand. It upset. doesn't mean I like it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just like the, you know, when Hanks is talking to Ted Danson, Ted Danson's like, I get it. And Hanks is like, you do? Yeah. Because uh, this doesn't make any sense to me, but just to look at it from the perspective of like the, the you know, the higher ups and whatnot, this would be a massive black eye if every one of their, yeah. she, she would, you know, a family was called to war and all served. And if mm-hmm. none of them come home, when you could go out of your way and try and bring at least one back, um, I realize, but at the same time, why is that life more important than the exactly. other individuals? That's what it comes down to. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. It's just about saving face. And if it's just about saving face, fuck you. Like it's, it's every life is the same, is equal in terms of battle. And so to be sacrificing other people's mother, I'm sorry, other people's sons in order to save one son so the army can have some tacit 24 hours of saving face is ridiculous. So, but I, I can appreciate it. I can understand the mentality having served in the military and seen some pretty weird decisions being handed down and people being sacrificed for those weird decisions. I get it. But at the same time, I think it kind of keeps me from liking the movie. And especially when we get to Damon, it just seems like, what? I don't want to, I don't want to be saved and starts the crying thing. And then when all the bombs are going off, he's all huddled in his knees crying. I'm like, yeah, there's nothing heroic here that's happening. So I don't know for me, it just kind of uh, just doesn't do it for me. So, but I get it. It's a, it's a magic movie for you. Apparently super magic. So, yeah, it's a, I mean, it's not quite a Patronus spell, but it's pretty <laughs> close. If only it was set in Stalingrad, then maybe I would love it more. I, perhaps, <laughs> perhaps I, I'm not entirely sure. Um, all right. So then my number three is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, that's my deuce. Okay. Yeah. 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 Such a good film. Really enjoy the film. Still holds up. Still fun to go back and break down and analyze. Still so much joy. And uh, maybe when Harrison Ford was still making movies and was enjoying himself, um, do I have a couple of reservations about the film overall as I look at it now in 2020 or 2021? Yes, but overall you can't deny the rip-roaring good time that film is. Uh, Matt, what do you In think? regards to what? 
Well, just the idea of you present Marion Ravenwood as this badass right off the bat who can drink anybody on the table. And then the rest of the time, you essentially turn her into a damsel in distress. And that just kind of frustrates me. And I think nowadays you wouldn't do that. Nowadays you'd have her be just as integral into the getting out of the situation than, than, okay. uh, than she was back then. I think you do more with her now than you did back then. And that's just the way it was back then sometimes. So, but it doesn't excuse it in my mind, but you know, but overall it's still such a damn good movie. You can't deny the quality, man. Yeah. I just, uh, perhaps the thinking was, well, it's an Indiana Jones movie. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So he is the, you know, action star of this. So the yeah. action star does the action star things. We just want to show that she's not some, uh, flower that yeah. can't, uh, fend for herself. Right. Uh, right. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, because if they present her such a badass way, why don't they keep that going through the movie? They even put a white dress on her to kind of like feminize her, and I'm like, stop it! That's that French jerk. That you know, (laughs) that's not it's not Spielberg or anybody else. It's the fucking French. (laughs) What's his name? Uh, That I don't know. Baldock, Baldock, Bullock, 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 Bullock. Yeah, right. That sounds about right. Do you not have a Schmodown match coming? (laughs) Are you allowed to say that? Does yeah, it go out uh, live or something? No, no. It, well, it goes out live, but this is this is uh, coming up. On yeah, yeah, this comes out after. But as I we're recording, I guess I'm saying the yes. release schedule of that I don't know. Yeah. So, oh, it's great, going live. So you know, you great match order. by the way. You're pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. <laughs> and I showed uh, up. You you did? Yes. I mean, what a crossed, surprise! I'm not late. <laughs> 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 no, I got a feeling. I got a feeling the show is going to go late, but you'll be on time. Yeah, Belloc is the guy's you, name. Yeah. What's up? Did you appreciate that I forced your match to end up going last because I was running so late? You know I was mean? shocked by that. I was shocked that Christian agreed to do it. <sighs> I figured you, that we should close on yeah. the goats. Yeah. So I mean, you, you, you made yourself the center of, of the match. You came out and you let everybody. Oh, how dare you? I did not. With a Matnos Bumaye, which you weren't even playing, but I, it was I... shocking to see that situation. Um, but, you know, to be fair, the fans loved it when you showed up. The fans went crazy right. for you. You still have a lot of I think the yellow Speedo fun. helped, personally. I'm just saying. Oh, if you would wear a yellow speedo with the with the top ten logo on the back of your ass, that would just be brilliant. Oh, my ass, dude, right across my crank. <laughs> I want you looking where you know the zero right square, right in the middle there. Or maybe I put a one on the front and a zero on the back, and I just keep going. I flip around, show them the front. Just one. It's like we say top when I'm showing the front and then 10 when I show the ass, we just get a top 10 chant going. Look, if we can get this made up by Saturday, (laughs) it's good to go. It'll be good to go. (laughs) Oh, anyway. All right. Where are we at right now? Where are we at? Oh, you're Uh, three, right? Raiders, the three, two. Yeah. Um, Anything more to say on Raiders? I just, the treasure hunt aspect, I, I'm always mm. a sucker for that within movies. Yeah. And then you throw in the, this isn't just a treasure hunt. This is New Testament or Old Testament, rather. Right. Like power and glory and all that jazz. And then you throw in the ultimate evil of the Nazis. And it's just this perfect stew. Yeah. Uh, it still holds up. 
Stew. All right, so that's your three. three, my two. Right. What's your three? My three is Jaws. That's a punt. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I came down so, to rewatchability. That's where I ultimately landed. Okay. Schindler's List two for me. All right. Your, what nine? 12, 13? How much do you hate Jewish people? Like, where would you put it? Oh, we're going to take this anti-Semitic, are we? Oh, I mean, you called me a communist. I feel like everything's in play now. I think those two are completely separate (laughs) things. I mean. To be perfectly honest. One is an ideology. Another is a systemic hatred for apparently your genetic makeup or, you know. (sighs) uh, All right. I think one's a little worse. (laughs) It's my number seven. It's a the pure rewatchability. That's it. It's a beautiful movie. Yeah, I get it. But then again, like yeah, I had to move it that high because it's like it's it's the greatest film possibly that he's ever directed in terms of putting his soul into the film, putting away his toolbox or his his uh, what do you call that stuff? His um his tells, putting away his tells as a mm-hmm. filmmaker, and he made something completely almost devoid of humor. Although uh, there's some some dark humor moments for sure and brought you very chilling, honest, uncomfortable moments that you did not expect from someone like Spielberg, even though he's had done some stuff in the past that was a little darker, just seeing him fully dial into what that experience was like for Jewish people in the Holocaust and a just unsettling bone chilling, um, evil man in, uh, in, um, Ray Fiennes' character, which I think is Oscar oh. Schmidt. Is that right? Schmidt? Something like that. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. The the look of disgust on the party goer's face is when he kisses the cheek of that girl that made the cake or brings the cake oh, in yeah, and whatnot. Yeah. And them just like how she is. She's not like us. Like no. you are now sullied. Yeah. yeah. Because you have touched this Jewish, you know, girl. Yeah. Uh, and it just. It's sad to know that that existed was very prevalent mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so much so that it became the ideology of a country um, and that it's, if we don't recognize it and discuss it, it could very easily happen again because, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, people are more than happy to be terrible to one another just given the opportunity. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's a harrowing movie. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And, seeing the ways, the terrible ways they do that is just unsettling, you know, throughout the whole film. And even, you know, that one woman who is like thinking she's doing the right thing by like telling them they're constructing the buildings wrong. And she thinks, Oh, oh I'm going to help the Nazis and help because I'm going to be a good. Yeah. How dare you? Yeah. And the fact that she was questioning them and then they kill her us, man, or questioning the, or shooting the old man in the back of the head. Cause he can't lift this or shovel the snow anymore. Like, well, oh, so many just powerful ones that never expected Spielberg to show, you know? Well, they kill her and then they go, don't they go about making the changes that she was just suggesting? Right. Right. Exactly. They do go about making the changes, <laughs> but because it's a Jewish person yep. showing them up, they had to exactly. How crazy to hear you. And you're like, oh my God. Yeah. Your supposed pride and superiority is, is yeah. flabbergasting. Right. right. Like it, it's a. What is that that Kenneth Branagh movie, The Final Solution? The HBO yeah. movie with Stanley Tucci and 
just to watch them sit down and discuss oh, systematically yeah. how how exactly would be the most efficient way to kill millions of people and also which department is responsible for this. Yeah. And all these bureaucrats sitting down and be like, well, we shouldn't do it. This should be a job for the SS or this should be a job for it's just gross. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And then seeing Liam Neeson break down at the end, like this gold pin, this gold pin could have saved. And this list is life type of thing. Yeah. Did he lose? He lost to Philadelphia. He lost to Tom Hanks, which is ridiculous. Did he really? I think it was Philadelphia, man. Mm. That I mean, that's the same time frame. So that would be. That sounds about right, because it wasn't Forrest Gump. Oh, it wasn't Forrest Gump. Um, yeah, Oscar nominations. Yeah, Best Actor, nineteen ninety three for Schindler's List. Who else was best back in nineteen ninety three? Oh, there's so many people nominated. Um, what do you? Yeah, got? Daniel Day Lewis, Tom Hanks, Lawrence Fishburne. Anthony Hopkins. So Hopkins for Remains of the Day, Fishburne for What's Love Got to Do With It, Daniel Day-Lewis for In the Name of the Father, and Tom Hanks wins for Philadelphia. I think that's so And I guarantee you it was probably a bunch of Hollywood types who were like all about, you know, having a a gay main character dealing with with AIDS, which I think is incredible in 1993, of course. But, I mean, I would take about three of these people and put them above Tom Hanks' performance in Philadelphia, including Liam Neeson and Hopkins and Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah, that the mom and pop podcast that we plugged earlier, Bill Simmons, has, <laughs> I think a good idea of maybe the Oscars should be you should wait like ten years. Oh, and then give the awards, and then give the awards. Oh, uh, which you know, from the industry perspective, doesn't I make sense because idea. they want to create heat to get these of things course. back in the box office to get people no. to go see the movies themselves. No agent or studio would ever agree to that. No, yeah, exactly. But I do think that makes a world of, of sense because yeah. some things are just in the moment. Momentum for Green Book takes over. And yeah. ultimately, Ugh. it's like, that's not a Oscar-winning film. Ridiculous, that film. Yeah. The fact that it's, you know... I knew it was going to win too. When you looked at the other things it was up against, you're like, this is the safest bet. Yeah. Right. Good point. Absolutely. And then the Oscar voter voting poll is still mostly old people at this yeah. point. Yeah. 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 So, well, Agreed. you know, the driving Miss Daisy of the 21st century. <laughs> yeah. Basically that. Basically yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Slight role reversal, but basically the same thing. Yeah. So that's your. What's your two? We already did your two, which was Raiders, right? Yeah. So what's your one? Oh, well, we one. have to do your one first. My one is Jaws. Uh, that was my three. Okay. Yeah, that's the pun from earlier. So, yeah, this one still. rewatched it again a couple of weeks ago from back to front. Still works so well. It's it's. I feel I'm watching the most fun Spielberg has in making a movie, even though there were all those issues on the set with the shark and whatever, there's a a joy in this movie, even though it's a horror film, even though there's, there's Jaws and all of that. But like, there are just moments here where he is really kind of showing you what he can do as a director, what performances he can get out of these actors, and then how to build the tension um, and show some pretty uh, brutal moments, including when the girl gets eaten at the beginning and Quint... And even the boy 
uh, seeing the blood splattering out of the water as these people are screaming and running out of the water. Just incredible how he's able to kind of balance that um, and never lose the stakes. Even when there's humor moments, they never seem to lose the stakes of um, what's there, what's happening. And the music from John Williams is so great. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, as we stated in the past, we, we have summer tent poles because of this movie. Yes. True. And why they, I understand why they tried to spawn sequels. It doesn't really make sense given the right. context of the film itself, but yeah. it made enough money where of, of course the studio was going to try and, you know, squeeze blood from this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it, I mean, amazingly or not, I guess not amazingly, it's just as good. Yeah. It's the first time I watched it. Yeah. Which says the world of the movie and his ability of the confidence of such a young director. Yeah. Um, and to know the the pacing and to pull this off and the, the troubles they had with Bruce, but to stick oh, with yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um, the yeah. casting choices were perfect. It's weird because I, a lot of times in even excellent movies, like we're talking about with Lincoln, the Sally Fields and Joseph Gordon, yeah. they don't yeah. appreciate the film for me, but perhaps there could have been better choices yeah. or better direction of, hey, maybe Sally, dial it down a little. <laughs> Although everything that you heard about her character, yeah, she apparently was kind of prone to these emotional outbursts right. yes. and whatnot. So you, yes. how do you relay that? So it's kind of a tough, you know, push and pull whereas in jaws i don't think you change a single thing i think it's beautifully cast uh from top to bottom yeah yeah which i mean this is his first truly big film yeah very true yeah for your first one to be a grand slam yeah pretty incredible yeah it's pretty amazing um all right so what's your number one my one is last crusade it's my favorite spielberg okay go ahead man please uh, it's awesome. Um, would you have it like six or something ridiculous? It's 14 or something like that. I think. Yeah, I genuinely six. think you put your list together and you're like, I know he's going to have it high on his. So <laughs> I am going to twist the knife a little and make sure it's out of my top five. That's not true. That's not true at all. I would never do that. That's ridiculous. That's something at, you would do. That's not Look at his face right now. Those watching. No. Does that look like a face that's being genuine right now? That is being <laughs> forthright? Fully 100% communicative? Come on. Not uh, me. With with me and his audience, I believe he might have gamed his list ever so slightly. Oh, please! I would never do that. To ensure that his choices uh, end up near the top, and that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I go by my heart. You know what I mean? Oh no! Yeah, I know you do. I I, I the like, uh, yeah. You know, basically, like, I, you know, I'm a good person. Yeah. No. No. True. <laughs> He'll be the first one to tell you. <laughs> yeah. I'm a humble guy. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I love I love Last Crusade. It's my favorite of it. I think bringing in Sean Connery and the dynamic is just a perfect little tit for tat with Harrison Ford. Yeah. And the fact that they're only like five years difference in age, six years difference in age, even though he's playing his dad <laughs> is pretty fantastic. But I mean, he's I think it, you have to look at more so in the scope of he'd been around in cinema for an additional 20 some odd years. Yeah, yeah. So that's where the age difference. Uh, Harrison didn't break until he was a shade bit older. Yeah, just a little bit older. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah in yeah. his 30s as opposed to his 20s, like Connery. Yeah. Um, so at that point, when he's in his 50s and Harrison's in his you know, 40s, yeah, 
we'd known Connery for 30 some odd years at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was kind of a return to form too, because we were going through a little bit of a second Renaissance of Connery, right. With hunt for red October. And mm-hmm. the, well, I think the rock was like a couple of years later, but we had these films with him kind of slowly being a part of back into our mainstream. And so have him take this role and bring such like um, a gruff honesty to it. And then, have that moment we've talked about numerous times on the show, the sincerity when he says his name, his full name. Yeah. It's a great, it's just, there's just, it's such a perfect decision to cast him. You know, it works so well. And I think one of my favorite parts is now through all the years and seeing the interviews, yeah. how much of a curmudgeon both Sean Connery and yeah. Harrison Ford are. It's <laughs> true. But when they talk about this film, they have nothing but love and respect for each other and yeah. how much fun they had together. And just like, well, oh, that's great. Yeah. Two fucking house cats found each other. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, a sucker for Last Crusade. I think when we did this one last, I put Jaws at number one because yeah, yeah, yeah. to yeah. give respect to the, it, it's a blueprint for modern movie making. Right. Absolutely. Uh, right. But on rewatchability, it's like uh, Crusade's my number one. Okay. All right. All right. I, I still put Jaws at number one for rewatchability for myself personally, but I get what you're trying to say. Um, all right. So there's our separate lists for this uh, top 10 Spielberg 2021 list that we're doing. Yep. We hadn't done it in such a long time. So we're going to put this together now and uh, count our official list. Grabbing the bongos as we speak. Grab those bongos. So, yeah, uh, I think it goes Jaws, then Raiders. Okay. Because that's one, three, and two, three. Okay. Um, and then after that, we have what? Schindler's at two, seven. Uh huh. Crusade uh-huh. at one, six beats that. Yeah, true. Crusade does. Okay. You can move it up. And then what? Um, I would guess. Jaws after that? So Jaws is number one. Oh, sorry about that. Um, Schindler's, Schindler's list, right? Schindler's list. Okay. Yeah. And then um, Saving Private Ryan, we have it at four, what? Seven. I don't think we have anything else that beats four, seven. Okay. I think it goes Saving Private Ryan, then Catch Jurassic Park, Catch Me If You Can, Minority Report. All right. And that's the 10? No. Okay. Um. So we have two spots left. All right. Nine and ten. Okay. Um, I have my number five. You have your number five, don't you? I have my number four. What's your four? West Side Story. Oh, okay. So That's we, we can take, I defer to your five if you want to put your five on there. All right, Lincoln, it is. Boom. Oh, son of a really? Uh, yep. Sorry right, you even stated. That's a verbal contract as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> That's true. It is, son of a bitch. All right, let's get into it. The top 10 Spielberg. The top 10 Steven Spielberg movies in 2021. At number 10. Lincoln. At number 9. West Side Story. At number 8. Minority Report. At number 7. Get Me If You Can. At number 6. Jurassic Park. At number 5. Saving Private Ryan. At number 4. Schindler's List. At number three, uh, Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade. At number two, Raiders of the Lost Ark. 
And our number one Steven Spielberg film in 2021 is... Is Jaws, baby, yeah. Jaws. Need a bigger list. Good stuff there. Good stuff, Matt Nost. Nice to revisit Steven Spielberg and his great, great works as we appreciate him yet again. And I hope you all get a chance to go see West Side Story. You will enjoy that movie. I can't guarantee it because everyone's different, but uh, yeah. it's pretty much a shoe in in my mind for Best Picture nomination and Best Director nomination. Maybe even Rachel Zegler as Best Actress. We shall see. And Ariana DeBose as Best Supporting Actress. As of right now, I think the uh, picture and director are shoe Yeah, right. I haven't really seen anything else that's going to knock that kind of certainty out. Yeah, great point. Yes. Or at least, well, for Best Picture, 10 others. Yeah, I think it'll get in there, of course. If there's 10 slots, there's no way it doesn't get in there, for God's sakes. So, um, but uh, we got shout-outs to do here, Matt Nost. We do. We were, uh, you know, a week late on that, and we apologize yes. for it. It uh, got that. a little bit late in the day. Um yeah. Last time, but here we go. Here are the shout outs. We hope you enjoy it. Stay safe out there, everybody. Uh, and thank you so much that uh, uh, for those that support us over at patreon.com forward slash the top 10 with the number yeah. uh, 10. If you donated $5 and above, we give you a shout out each month. Mm-hmm. So this is our way of saying thank you. And um, you want to start? Uh, sure. Uh, Tarl Pate Patton. I hope that's right. Jason McDonald. Uh, Roby RKS. Pele Cole, Eric Taylor, Deepak Maurer, David Steven, Andrew Robinson, Francisco Ramirez, Michael Bauer, Colton Thompson, uh, Heinrich Winterland, Phil Knuckles, Ryan Latonin, Ray Roche, Callie Onken, Justin Kelly, Lachlan Skinner, Joseph Curran, Fred Castillo, Edward Wilshire, J. Scotty St. Clair, Charles J. Clark, Zachariah Kaufman, uh, Jeff Dickin, Francisco J. Torres, Connor Teal, Michael D. Dyke, Robert, Robert Francesco Surase, Tim Reimert, Dominic Greaves, Eric Bruin, Matt Simmons, Kyle Beckworth, Jeremy Bowers, James Petty, Nick Francis, Billy Williams, Christopher Brockman, Blake Gaunt, Cameron Chapman, Alex Russell, Bobby Michael, Paul Cree, so Paul Stacy Flores. Luke Allison, Mark Fawcett, Kristen Kurtz, Gareth Weldon, Timothy R. Williams, Nick Baldwin, Johanna Lenaverta, JIC317, DJ Red Hot Cox, <laughs> Ahmad Ali, Darren Bush, Angela Dashner, Louis Berrigan, Josh Lawrence, Chelsea Lewis, Adelardo Fuente, Reagan Lovig, Rodrigo Valverde III, Lawrence Witz, Andre Constantinescu, Steve Schluckebeyer. Catherine Samuels. Houston Bodily. Roque Orellana. Maurice Robinson. Marcus Davenport. Brandon Caridi. Ravi Prasad. Joe Farrelly. Charlie McKenna. Josh Mabry. Sup, Josh. Ben Cartwright. Josh Murphy. Josh Sachs. George Manchaka. Dale Varley. Chris Consiglio. Wayne Murphy. Ashley Prowse. Johannes Schmidt. Soon Giant Fernando, Evan Zoller, Kevin Fuss, Jen Kemp, Ryan McKenna, Brian Akins, Alexander Marzonia, uh, Gar- Garth Wizenant, Mike Barrington, Ed Buskirk, Jeff Saliba, Noel Kelleher, Jim Payne, David Mitchell Baker, Andy Ortiz, John Keefe, Kristen Smith, hey, Kristen. Matthew Lee Cravens, Marcel Behrman, 
James Trapani, Drew Enns, the beautiful Dan Nye, Seth Shear, Andrew Marker, Chris Jones, Luke Larson, Chris Cabrera, uh, Robert Haley, and finally, Anthony Casanova. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, all right. Well, thank you to everybody that supports us. We thoroughly appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed yeah. your shout out. Apologize for being a week late on that. And uh, we hope you enjoyed today's show. You can follow the show in, on Twitter. Twitter at top 10 show all spelled out. Otherwise on Instagram and YouTube, it is forward slash the top 10 podcast. There you go. And what can uh, they follow you, 10. Matt and everything that going on? Uh, hit me up at Matt Nost and uh, you can head over to youtube.com forward slash Matt Nost. If you want to check out settle the score, otherwise if you want some uh, basketball content, it is dropping dimes. You can search for either of those shows anywhere you get podcasts. You'll find it. There you go. Uh, and you can follow me at the Roca says on Twitter and on Instagram, head on over to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash John Roca says, see all the stuff I'm doing there as well. Also my po- other podcasts, the uh, cinephiles and the geek buddies they are out there. If you do enjoy it, if you're on Twitch, the outlaw nation, all one word on Twitch as well. Um, and uh, once more, once more, you know, every week I'm going to encourage you all to please, if you have, you know, if you want to support the show a little bit more, you got a little extra five bucks, 10 bucks rolling around. Support the show. You know, I, things were kind of things were kind of heading back to normal. Possibility of going out there to do some shows. That's always in play. And if you could share everything we do here on your social media, so people can maybe come on to the top ten show, catch up on past episodes, and really enjoy what we're bringing to them and the multiple shows we bring them every week. Maybe that's a possibility you can do in your life as well. Maybe a Christmas gift you give to Matt and I is to share it and try to get as many people involved in the top 10 as well. So there you go. Just going to just giving a pitch there, Matt, to kind of get some more people Thing supporting everything we got going on here. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Well, we got to get going. Y'all take care of yourselves. Be well. And we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode of the top 10 show. Peace. <laughs>